thanks for listening to this podcast. This is Teresa Lee, and you're listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. I just wanted to address a thing that I've been hearing from a couple people,、um, namely my sister, my twin sister. What up, Jen Lee? She's been telling me that,、um, and I'm sure some of you guys have been thinking it and have been just too nice to tell me that the sound is a little bit off,、um, in that the levels on the episode versus the theme song. I'm sure you've thought this, you've heard it. I'm aware、um, of the issue. And I just wanted to say, guess what? I'm on it. I'm fixing it.、Um, one of the big reasons for that is I've been self editing. My producer,、uh, shout out, what up, Sammy? They're great, but they are on tour right now. And so sometimes I edit the podcast myself. And what do you know? I am not a sound engineer. But no excuses. It's 2019. I'm out there trying to fix it. So I do apologize if that's been the case.、Um, do let me know if you heard one、uh, an episode and it really bothers you because I can. Retroactively go back and fix it.、Uh, so I will be doing that、um, and going back and fixing past episodes. But just so you know,、um, the issue is being resolved and、um, episodes going forward should not have that problem anymore. So look at you. You picked a good day to listen to, listen to this podcast. And、uh, I wanted to tell you guys there is some new content up on the Patreon. If you guys haven't joined, it's patreon.com slash tellmeanythingpod. I posted a new video confession. A new one is coming in the next two weeks.、Uh, also, there's a bonus episode up there. And、uh, I got a great new review that I wanted to read to you guys. Thanks to Kay Jazzy, who、uh, emailed this to me.、Um, they said, Accidentally found this podcast by searching the names of other podcasters I like. Definitely the way to go. Some of the confessions aren't really very personal, but hilarious nonetheless. 1010 would rate again.、Um, what a great review.、Um, yes, some of them aren't very personal. That's because we're comedians,、um, but they're all real and true. And,、um, you know, we all have a good time and they're all very unique. So thank you for rating me,、uh, rating this podcast, not me. Sorry, my podcast is not who I am.、Um, I will be sending you,、uh, K Jazzy, a private podcast. Confession that nobody's ever seen before, so look out for that. If you guys take a picture of a five star review, a written review that you leave for me on iTunes and send it to me, I will send you a private confession. This is true. I've done it and I will do it again. So send it to me, tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com, or、uh, even better, what I would love is if you took a picture of it and tagged it on Instagram or Twitter, you know, because we're all about social needs and being public about our love for things. Um, you guys know what it is. Anyways, enough of me rambling on. I'm so grateful for all of you.、Um, without further ado, here is the episode. You can tell her, you can tell her anything. She's a real good listener. You can tell her. The host of You Can Tell Me Anything, the podcast where comedians confess something they've never told anyone before. Super exciting.、Um, a lot of fun.、Uh, I, I want to say up top before we get into it if you guys have a confession you want to leave me, you can call 323 388 3521. That's a voicemail line that I will check.、Um, and if you want to be anonymous, you can tell me that. If you don't want me to play it, but you want me to talk about it, you can tell me that. Really,、uh, you can tell me to do anything, and I'm super game. Um, so, yeah, call that. It's really fun when I get confessions from you guys. You can also email me, tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com. But today, I've got a super exciting guest. I'm so excited. He's so funny. He、uh, was just on, out on stage and、uh, is a comedian in LA. Give it up for Jared Goldstein. Give it up for me, guys. Give、What's、it up. What's up? Please be <laughs> I hope everybody's giving it up. Standing up, stop in your car, pulling over to the side of the road. Yes, clapping, yes, you yes. Know. Hi. Hi, how are you today? I'm exhausted and great. Oh, well, you had a wor long work day. I did. Yes. We're, we're recording this at night. Yes, it's, it's not, at night. It's not live. Sorry to burst your bubble. Confessions. Confessions. Um,、uh, I like to start every、uh, podcast by asking my guests for a good confession because not all confessions are bad or embarrassing. And also, sometimes comedians don't brag about stuff that they should. So, is there something good you'd like to confess? Um, I actually, I'm going to pull a little switcheroo on you. Oh, okay. Because we did discuss a little bit before we started. But this is something that I'm really, really, really proud of. Yeah. I'm so proud of this. I was kind at work today. <gasps> okay. I work at a restaurant. Oof. It's a hectic, hectic restaurant. It is a restaurant that this summer I will be an employee of for seven years now. Wow. Been there for a long time. And it's very easy to get down on your、sure. serving job. Yes. So, whenever I don't, 
I feel great about that. And today I just had a good time. I didn't take it too seriously. I made my coworkers laugh. I didn't get into big fights. <laughs> and then I went home. That's great. I, I served a little bit. I did it this summer for like two months. And then um, when I was in New York, I did it for a little bit at a wings place. Actually, both places I've worked as a surfer were um, chicken related. So I feel like <laughs> I have a second career in chicken. But uh, one was a wings place and one was a chicken and waffles place. Oh, yum. But God, it is hard. I don't I don't think I was a great surfer. I would get frustrated all the time. Just be so upset. And um, yeah, I don't know. So really props to you for making it that far. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So today, just today, a customer said, you're so level and Aww. even. And I guess I am. Do you have, do you find like if you're doing something after work that you feel more motivated or doesn't like that you're like, oh, I've bought a podcast or I have a show. It's interesting because I, my weekends are pretty packed because yeah. of work. I mostly work on the weekends and then at night I try to do shows or yeah. podcasts like uh -huh. this one. And by the time I reach Sunday night, I'm pretty wiped. Right. I'm, pr I'm feeling pretty okay. Like energy level wise, uh, tonight right now. Um, but, but yeah, it's a lot of performing when I'm completely exhausted yeah. when there's like nothing left of me i am a husk of who i am oh, no. i have like mostly lost my voice from yelling at a drag queen bar all morning and afternoon about like beef temperatures <laughs> so it's it's definitely weird and it's not ideal but it is interesting in the way that like when you have an audition and you're hungover you're mm. kind of like ooh, and it kind of gives you like this like like it's a little feels edge. Like, yeah. Or like it kind of feels like a half day at school. <laughs> like that kind of vibe where you're like, huh, <laughs> I could be anything. That's funny. Uh, yeah. So I kind of feel like I'm wearing like a trench coat, you know? Okay. I found, um, well, the audition thing made me um, think of something. I t said this on a bonus episode, but not on this podcast. But um, I once had a callback. And uh, once, no, um, that's not. What if that was the end of the story? I once had a callback. No. You should be proud. What a good confession. I'm no. proud of you, girl. Oh my god, how embarrassing! No. I, oh my god. I once had a callback in Santa Monica, and I really didn't want to go. And it was kind of like same. It was the same day, and I was like, "Fuck this!" But it was a callback, and I was like, oh, "I should go." I already like you know made it this far, and. Uh, I was stuck in traffic and I was so upset and I so I just like um, masturbated in my car <laughs> while I was uh, driving on the 405 because I don't know if you guys have ever been stuck on the 405 if you're from LA but that shit does not move and so I was so bored and falling asleep so I was like I'll just masturbate and I sometimes when I used to work in Santa Monica and lived in North Hollywood I would sometimes do it just to pass the time but I would never finish and this time when I had the callback I finished and I was like oh my god cool and it was just like nice uh because that never happened and then i got to the audition i was feeling so fresh and so relaxed and then um they put me on a veil and it's so funny because after that i was like i should do this every time i audition because <laughs> i just walked in and people were like oh and i was like i feel it good and uh wow, yeah. that is incredible so i don't know i don't i haven't i've yet to like test it again to see if it really would work but i'm like maybe that was the x factor yeah just feeling real loose and like relaxed just rub one out yeah that's in did you feel self-conscious of people seeing you no who's looking in people's cars i guess that's true right not at all and honestly at first it didn't come from a horny place it came from like a I was so bored and falling asleep that I was like, you know what? This will wake me up. That's great. <laughs> but anyways, that your thing made me think of I, that. I actually, I masturbated on set once. Oh. When I was 14, okay. I want to say. Uh, I was on a, a kid's prank show. <laughs> and I started. That was the prank. No. <laughs> yeah, right. I started jerking off. Before I uh, before I started puberty, uh -huh. so I had like a good, good <laughs> three or four years of jerking off dry. Oh my god! And like you get the sensation, but there's no mess. Whoa! No mess. No mess. No fuss. I think our bodies are different. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like my body and your body? Yeah. No. Just my, I feel like actually well, most people would girls. argue our bodies are pretty similar. Uh, yeah, our bodies <laughs> like, are very similar. Specifically, yeah, we have me very and you. Similar bodies. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. I but I was gonna say. I mean, like boys and girls. Like I don't. Uh, I didn't masturbate till I was nineteen for the first time. Wow. Like I never had the urge, and I don't know. I can't speak for all women, but a lot of 
ladies I speak to um, didn't, I don't think, in middle school or really high school, unless they were sexually active, which I was not. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I started when I was probably like 12, 11. 12. Yeah, I mean, I think that's normal for boys. I mean, yeah, it's just a different part of your brain. No, I mean, it must have been later. Body. It must have been later. It's probably, yeah, I know, probably like 12. And, um, and I just got under this huge pile of coats <laughs> and then I <laughs> jerked off. <laughs> And then at the rap party, two of the PAs kept coming up to me and going, we know what you did. What? And I was like, what? And they're like, we know what you did. And they would just like walk. And they never said to me what oh it was. My God. But I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Uh, and I also and just they were like, like adults. Yeah. That's a weird thing to say to a 14-year-old It really, is. It really is. I mean, it's a weird thing for a 14-year-old to do. <laughs> um, like in between takes, like just sure. go find a couch and just fucking blast it. <laughs> um, but that is like what you would be normally, because you're working such long days. Normally at that age, you'd be at home where you could yeah. masturbate in private. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's like they have studio teachers for school. But what about your masturbating hours? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Masturbation on location. They, they really should be building that into the puberty yeah like a pod (laughs) you know (laughs) honestly so much of our world would probably be like much more relaxed and happy if there were masturbation pods that work (laughs) but also i take that back because i think men would straight men would ruin it i'm so sorry i take it back (laughs) masturbation (laughs) i take it back because i think the straight men would really fuck that up for the rest of us really because you know they wouldn't make it about i don't know doing something people don't want to do yeah. they'd be like come watch me uh oh too real um anyways uh speaking of um this podcast is about um confessions but also like loosely therapy based um i'm curious do you go to therapy or i do you do okay how long have you been going uh like two and a half years maybe. okay um and do you uh, is it something that you're like mm, what are your thoughts on it i mean two years okay it's great, great. necessary incredible yes. <laughs> powerful do you feel a change like the before Jared and after job. Jared? huge yeah <laughs> Teresa wow. I tell you huge wow yeah humongous humongous that's so cool yeah I started seeing a therapist um around the time I started doing comedy actually oh um, okay yes the two are very intertwined yeah yeah um I was going to open mics and mm-hmm. I was feeling uh social anxiety Oh, okay. Like I hadn't ever felt. Yeah. At, at like an 11, 12, 13, 14 at a time. Because you were already a performer growing up. Like you were a yeah. child, child performer. Yeah. I was. It wasn't so much that I was nervous to perform. I was nervous to interact with so many straight men. Yes. Okay. In a room. Yeah. In a way that felt like peers and felt competitive. Mm-hmm. And I was just like at, at an 11. Right. Twice a day, every day. And that, and I was like, that's too much. You know, that's way too much. Yeah. Um, and it was all this anxiety that I thought I had grown out of, but I realized I had just grew out of high school and I just like got a certain friend group and stayed in that certain type of friend group. And I made a little bubble that was felt safe to me. And then to have to do stand up was to have to get out of that bubble and yeah. face a lot of my own, you know, issues that I had never dealt with. So I, I knew that it was time to go talk. But that's a good thing to have because some people never get past that in the second phase. Like people have the first high school anxiety and then they find their little bubble and then they don't leave. And then that's why we have all these problems with empathy. But I think most adults um, should have a second round of anxiety when they go, you know, there's like these tears where you're like, all right, I've learned how to be uh, like a sort of adult. And then now I need to interact with people different from me or or be challenged in a new way that I've never been. Yeah, because the most inspiring people and coolest people to me are the people who have a really different uh, friend group. Yeah. And who who can be themselves around any kind of person. Mm-hmm. You know, tall, short, man, woman, from wherever. Right. Just, you know, not to be so binary. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, but I know what you mean because there's like, do you code switch? Like, it was sure. like with, oh, around yeah. comedians yeah, versus, yeah. I don't know. I, I, most of your friends One are comedians. If you, came and, if you came and watched me at Hamburger Mary's, that's the restaurant uh-huh. that I work at, you wouldn't know who I was. <laughs> we all become like, it's oh, yeah. so nuts. I have server voice when I'm serving too. I'm like, oh, not even that. Just with my coworkers. Okay. Like, we are just lunatics. There's something so primal about working at a gay bar. Yeah. Like a crowded gay bar. 
that we all I, we're I'm speaking Spanish to the kitchen, English to my coworkers, but it's like drag English. Mm-hmm. We're all constantly yelling at each other as a joke. <laughs> Uh, then there's gibberish that that comes up between like the back of the house and the front of the house because you know I I can speak some Spanish but only so much Spanish so there's right. always sort of a bit of a of a divide and then vice versa for for them so we we just speak to each other in gibberish <laughs> and it's like we act like we're not doing it it's so nuts it's so nuts we are just grown people walking past each other fully goobble gobbling <laughs> spanglish at each other that's how like nothing's it is when even my weird sister and i talk like people who are around us are like i cannot understand you guys because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. it is english but we just have such a we've developed over like our entire literally yeah. our entire lives a way of speaking to each other like a rhythm and a pace that's like so different from the way we talk to other people and yeah. it's like our voice sounds the same like it's like exact same timber and then we're talking super fast and yelling and talking over each other and it's very, I think, frustrating for people who are around us. But doesn't it feel so innate to you? And it really it made me think, I used to think this is so weird. But then I realized it's not weird at all. Like, this is how language is formed. Yeah. Like, this is such, we, I've worked there, like I said, for seven years. There's people who have been there for almost 15 years. Like, we work together, like, day and night for years. And mm-hmm. in this really hectic, loud environment where there is a language barrier. And it's... You need it. You got to do it. You yeah. got to do it. And that's how you communicate with each other. And it's it's like, it's human nature. How many languages do you speak? I mean, English. Okay. I have like a pretty, pretty acceptable level of Spanish. Do you play music? I used to play some instruments, not to this day anymore, though, like trumpet. But you learned that as a kid? Yeah, yeah. Trumpet, like guitar okay. came later. That's a lot. I mean, music is its own language, but I find that people who studied music or played instruments as kids pick up on uh, or better at communicating as adults because interesting you, i agree with that well you've literally have to it's almost more frustrating because it's not words but you have to you have to look at sheet music and learn how to uh you know yeah interpret it um and play and then even through the music itself there's you know dynamics and things like that and uh i i think i mean i don't really play anything anymore but i did piano as a kid and um and i sang and so now I feel like I I pick up on things outside of words when I talk to people. Yeah. Just like body language. And I mean, I'm sure anyone can do this if you are focused on it. But I, I don't know if music has something to do with that. I'm sure it does. I'm yeah. sure it does. Because I have uh, I have a coworker who has such a hard time with Spanish. He has just mm-hmm. no understanding of it. And I could even break down a word into syllables and he can't keep the syllables in his <laughs> in a way like he'll switch a's to e's or o's to u's and i'm like what what no that's not at all <laughs> what we said like you know that episode of friends when she's trying to teach joey french oh yeah at that, and <laughs> like, like he that. can do the single syllables but when you put it all together he loses he every vowel it. sound and he's jumbling it <laughs> it's that kind of a thing and maybe it is related to music yeah why did you stop playing um because i didn't like it i didn't okay. love it i didn't like it that was pretty much it. Was it like uh, at school or did you ever do those recitals? Yeah, yeah. At school, first was trumpet. I should, it was so stupid. I just played trumpet because boys play trumpet. <laughs> so I played a true one. Who likes a fucking trumpet? Ugh. Trumpets are cool. I played clarinet and I joined My band. sister played clarinet. Well, it was a cool, I thought it was cool at the time because it looked cool. And uh, I only joined band because they were giving out donuts every Friday. And Ooh. I was not. Where they get the donuts from? The, the teacher would bring them. Like it was like a Friday thing, and I was like, all the band kids would have donuts. Okay. So I, like, I want to join. All the schools I went to were like backwards of what was cool. I feel like the band was cool, um, but not really. They were nerds. But I went to nerdy schools. Yeah. So. Were you at public school? Yeah. But nerdy ones. Yeah, it was just like districts where the parents cared a lot about their children doing cool. well. I think yeah. I went to that too. Like a cool thing to do in high school was wear Birkenstocks with socks <laughs> and wear sweatpants to school. That was like, cool. Oh, okay. I think that was a 2000s thing. Cause I, I vaguely remember that I went to public school for or private school for, for one year and we weren't allowed to wear sweatpants, but I remember public schools, like people wear the sweatpants with like the Sophie shorts underneath. Do you remember Sophie that? Sophie shorts? They're like the cheerleading shorts. And then it kind of looks like you're sagging 
you know, like probably. But I don't. I yeah. don't know exactly, but I'm sure if I saw it, I'd be like, oh yeah, Vogue. yeah, yeah. It's very straight culture. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> I um, yeah, I did that for a bit. I had uh, I went through ups and downs of style in high school. It was really all over the place, which is still how I am now. High school, man, <laughs> what a nightmare. <laughs> Where did you go to high school? In LA, George or? W. Hewlett High School. Oh, you yeah. <laughs> just Island, met one area. Oh, okay, you're in New York. That's right. Yeah. Wow, we kind of flipped. I was in New York, and I moved here. And you, yeah. Uh, well, no, I grew up here. I moved to New York and then came back here. And then yes. you grew up in New York and moved here. I wonder if I'll go back to New York. Did I'm you sure start eventually. comedy here? I did. Mm-hmm. Moved here eight years ago. Started comedy four years ago. Nice. Oh, you're only four years in. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and um, Hot Tub was the day before my eighth year. Ooh. To the day. And my like four years, not to yeah. the day necessarily, but I don't know what the day was. Right. Um, so it did feel very much like a high school graduation. That's so great. Yeah. I don't remember. A lot of people post about their anniversaries for comedy. I'm like, I don't remember the exact day I started doing stand-up. I mean, who does? And also, I mean, I guess some people do the thing where they are like, I'm going to start and then hit the ground running. Yeah. But I feel like most of us yeah, tried it a few most times. People, yeah, yeah. They go, well, I technically, my first set was like yeah. seven years ago, but I didn't really start until this morning. Like when did you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone wants to make it shorter. Yeah. Well, there's a, fa- there's a phase when you want to make it longer. And then I feel like after three years, you want to make it shorter. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like one year in, you're like, well, I've been like watching SNL since I was seven. So it's like, I've been yeah. doing stand up for 10 years. <laughs> and then eventually you're like, uh, I'm a wonderkind. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I had my first stand up introduction when I was in high school. Um, uh, a teacher, oh, Eddie Brill came and taught a workshop at my high school and just like taught us how, like very, very cursory glance at stand up. It was like an hour long. He's just like, cursing. No, yeah, yeah just cur- a cursing. Fuck. <laughs> no, but I still remember the first, cause it was one of those like hour long. He talked to you, kind of broke it down very broad and then was like, everyone try writing a joke and then like come to the stage if you want to do it. Oh my God, really? Yeah. And it was in, uh, but it was in my theater class, which was like the, our, um, you know, the senior the- theater class where you're kind of a very close and comfortable. So it felt uh-huh. like a safe space. So I went up and I was the cheerleader who also did theater. I was Zac Efron's character in a <laughs> oh, high school wow. musical. So people kind of didn't take me seriously in theater. Great to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't take me that seriously because they're like, she's a ditzy cheerleader. But I was like, I'm a theater kid. Um, oh, but then okay. I wasn't quite both. But so I went up and did a, a joke that about cheer that did pretty well. And then what did you say? Tell me the joke. Cause I have a joke too. Oh really? I'm going okay, to tell it to you. you. It wasn't that funny. I mean, whatever, but it mine was is a, complete nonsense. It came, uh, it was like, okay. So in cheer, uh, we were cheering for basketball at the time. And I was like, I don't know why people think cheer, like there's a stereotype that cheerleaders are all slutty. I don't know where that comes from. Like, here's one of our cheers that we do. Like set it up put it in, set it up, put it in. That's like fine. How old were you? I don't understand. Uh, I was like 16. That's like a joke. But it wasn't, but there's no real like structure, but it was a kernel. It was, I think it was a kernel. It's like something you'd see in a sketch. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like a a vignette from a sketch. (laughs) That was the first joke I ever wrote. And then I never went back to stand-up until like 2013 or something. That is great. Do you want to hear the first joke I I ever wrote? Let's hear it. I was probably... Nine? Wow, okay. I don't know. Something really young. Uh-huh. And it, I, I wrote it at home. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then I told it on the bus. Oh, my God. To Michael Laverty. <gasps> and he didn't laugh. Aww. And the joke was, so I, I really liked Sanrio. Yes. Oh, my know? God. Which was your favorite character? Karopi. Okay, I like was Pachaco. Was like me. I was like, Karopi. <laughs> which one was that. Pachaco wh- was the dog. The dog. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I really liked Karopi. Caro, Caro, Karopi. Yeah. My sister liked Hello Kitty, which honestly was a lot of like boys play trumpets and girls yeah. are cats She's kind the, of a thing. Hello Kitty's a basic bitch. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Karopi was kind of like the boy to that girl. But uh-huh. like, I don't know. I really did love Karopi. And he was like so cute. And he just... I don't know. He he felt he, he like I felt connected to like Hawaii through him, okay. and that's where my mom is from. That's where okay. we'd go every summer. Karaoke Hawaiian? Oh, because of Japanese. Yeah, yeah, yeah Like, yeah. and we'd get a lot of like the a lot of the toys and stuff. Sure. We'd get them in Hawaii because there were like better stores. That makes sense because there's a lot of get... Japanese influence in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, um, there was a new one, a new yeah. character, and his name. I could be wrong, but I think it was Ahuda no Peckle or something like okay. that. 
Um, and I thought that sounded like hooter <laughs> and peckle, which made me think of boobs and a penis. Uh huh. Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> the whole theme of this will be deep, deep, deep embarrassment. But <laughs> no, it's about abs- freeing yourself from yeah, it. going yeah. down that hole and then coming back out. <laughs> so I created this whole like setup, like of too long yeah. of a setup for no payoff, where like I was looking for like a book in the library. And the title of the book was Ahuda No Peckle. And basically, uh-huh. I forget how I got there, but I I made it so the end of the sentence seemed like the librarian was talking about boobs and appearance. <laughs> and um, Michael didn't laugh. And it was my first experience bombing. Aw. Yeah. But that's good. Right, you get I it out it. of the way. <laughs> and that's, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. That's great. I mean, nine years old. How hard? Can I mean, you right? Be? How hard can but you I be? But I literally on a thought about that once every seven months, and just been like, "Oh my god." <laughs> That's so funny. I love hearing people's first jokes, and you can also tell how um, how arrogant people are based on how because um, you know sometimes people like these are cute because they're kids ones, but you know when you ask someone their first joke, it's usually like a straight white guy who, yeah. <laughs> who will be like, "Well, my first joke," and then they'll say it like, "Okay," and then they say it full out like the way oh, they did yeah, it, and I'm sure, like, sure, "Okay, sure. you're clear, you're probably still doing this on stage." Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can Can I ask you what was your first joke that worked that you liked that got you attention that got uh, you compliments that you were like, "Oh," in the way that a joke can kind of feel like a business card, kind of, you know what oh. I mean? Oh. It's hard to remember because when I was doing mics in the beginning, because I came to stand up through writing. So my whole thing, I wasn't, I didn't learn how to build a set for a while. So I did a lot of just every time I went to mic, I wrote new stuff and then didn't do it again. Like I was like, not like I wasn't working on a set. I was just like, I want to try writing jokes. And then I would just do it and then be like, uh, and I made notes like this worked, this didn't work. And then I'm like, great. Well, we're done with that. And uh, <laughs> I was like, how I was like trying to just have a good mic, but because I wasn't doing shows. Yeah. Um, but I do actually remember the first time I came home and was like, oh, I, like I thought I crushed the mic um, and I felt good about it. And uh, and I think the reason I've learned when I feel the best about jokes like that are when they're rooted in some reality, because there's a little bit of a catharsis in like taking something that actually happened, processing the pain and then making it funny. And that's my favorite type of joke writing. Um, but the joke was, and it was based on something that actually happened, but I was like, uh, what did I say? I said, oh, I, um, I broke up with my boyfriend and that's like, boyfriend is a strong word. What I mean to say is I showed up at the house of the guy I was fucking to tell him how I feel. He didn't like that. Uh, neither did his wife and kids. And then I was like, <laughs> and I go, just kidding. His kids love me. That was a joke. And he, <laughs> I didn't date a married man. I added that tag. Cause I was like, oh, it would be funny. Cause I remember having, I did do that. I showed up at some guy's house at 4am um but i wanted to end like he didn't like that and then in my mind i was like oh a funnier tag would be neither did his wife and kids so that part was made up but i remember it working so well at the time that i was like oh i i feel better about this embarrassing thing i did yeah 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 mine is really similar yeah and only in the way that it was like um uh i'll just say it yeah um the joke was um and it, it was it was around the time that Jared from Subway okay. was like going down. Yeah. Um, and I was at a mic actually, and I okay. heard a guy talking about it, and he was on stage, and he kept he kept calling saying "kitty porn." <laughs> he kept calling it "kitty porn," and that just like hit my ear like so weird. I was like, yeah. "Why are you doing that? Like just just say kid porn." <laughs> and then I wrote a joke that was um, "just say kid porn." Um, it's already cute. There's kids in it. <laughs> oh because it was like you don't have to oh the thing was why are you trying to make it cute by saying that yeah it's already cute there's kids in it and that was the <laughs> joke and it's, it's similar in the way where it's just like this twist that is so dark yeah you know um but yeah that was the first time that people would come up to me and be like hey like funny like what's your name like people who didn't who were ignoring me up until then uh-huh. and i was like oh wow and then like i would like put kitty porn that was like my closer for a while in my set <laughs> and i would like look at it and be like kitty i'm gonna remember this joke forever kitty <laughs> porn <laughs> that's so funny well i think we, a lot of us did that I mean, that's how you could tell you're a good writer because you were you were writing that but then as you get further away from you know early comedy you're taking yeah. more stuff based in um 
the truth. I mean, Am that's I? a funny joke. I don't joke. even know. Late, like the last no, couple months. No, I love months. your mom whispering joke because that's a great. Ah. Ex- that's a great example of when you're doing a twist and it's funny and it's a punchline, but it's like rooted and I can yeah. totally see it's rooted in your life. Um, but then Thank you take you it a step further, that. you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think that's great joke writing. But I think we all do that in the beginning where you're just kind of like, okay, I think if I make a, something about sex here, it'll be funny. Yeah, yeah. Or just take yeah. the darkest twist possible. Yeah. And then yeah. you know it's going to... It's kind of I call them like the groaners, you know, because it's like yeah, you're going to yeah. get groans, but then you're like, at least it's something. People react to yeah, it. Yeah, because you need, like it's so hard to break through an open mic. Yeah, You know, especially sure. when nobody knows you or likes you or cares about you and they're just so glazed <laughs> over. You need to really like knock people over the head with something just to even get them to pay attention to you. Yeah. For sure. Um, okay, well, speaking of paying attention, is there anything you would like to tell me? Is this the time? This is the time. Is this the time? I mean, it can be whenever time you want, but yeah, <laughs> if you have a confession. What if I just try to stall and buy time <laughs> two hours later? It's like, oh, I guess we should wrap up. I never made it to that confession. <laughs> um, okay, so my confession is I um, had had very, very real aspirations of being a pop star as a teenager. Wow. And I went so far as to spend lots of my parents money oh my god on learning how to play the guitar and oh i'm so sorry oh that's okay it's um, pop star in demand i know right um <clears throat> learning how to play the guitar and um going to a studio and like booking studio time writing original songs mm-hmm. recording them and then like trying to get a demo together and like the whole nine yards Wow. Wait, so this, so when I asked you if you played an instrument, you were kind of holding some information back. This a is when you bit. started to learn. Yeah, the was guitar. just to be, it was for the purpose of becoming a pop star. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Like it, it would, because I didn't want to dance. I wasn't a dancer. Uh-huh. And I was going to write my music, but then I had to perform it. And what am I going to do? Just stand there with a, with a CD and, and sing. That seemed crazy. So, I mean, that wouldn't be so far off for a teen band. There is a band. I think it's called The Tide. I just don't... Well, you can at me if I'm wrong because there is a band called The Tide. I don't know if this is the actual band that I'm referring to, but there was a band that was like put together kind of to try to be pop stars and they all kind of look like, uh, you know, like whatever, Justin Bieber types. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at their uh, Twitter one day and it said like, it was like The Tide and then in the bio it was like a guitar band. I'm like... That is how you know they're not real musicians yeah. when you describe yourselves as, as a guitar a band. Guitar band. Um, and they just look like pop star teens, like heartthrobs, yeah. but they like were holding guitars. But they were holding guitars. Yeah. So I imagine that they were trying to market that way, but it's like, I don't think people care if you are marketed that way. If you I guess play. it just seemed like, um, like, like in, in the interest of trying to make it, doing whatever I could. But I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And then my, my mom got so mad at me because she always wanted me to <laughs> practice it. And I never did. And I never got any better. And she used to scream at me to play my guitar. Play the guitar. Oh, my God. Our moms would get along. <laughs> <laughs> I quit uh, piano. I had to take it from when I was like two till when I was 10. And when I was 10 was when I was allowed to quit. And I quit immediately. But I had to. I was supposed to practice like two hours a day, which I never did. Um, <laughs> get in such huge, fi- huge fights. I just had memories of my mom being like, "Get on your knees," and then like hitting me with a ruler. And <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> because I wouldn't play. I was a brat. Our like, moms would get along. She was paying fucking money, and I was like throwing it away. Honestly. I know, but okay. There's the thing. There it is. There it is. That's what my mom used against me when I was a kid. But, but you don't care about adult, money when you're a kid. As an adult, it's not that even. Not even that you don't care. It's that. Their money is never your responsibility when you're a kid. Yeah. So if you if you're spending money on your kid to play the guitar or play the piano and they don't like it and they're not doing it well, it's not the kid's fault. It's right. not the kid's fault. It's not the kid's money. It's your money. You're the adult. This is a kid. This is your fault. Can you tell I have issues to work out as I'm no. screaming at you, Teresa? I, I'm so glad you brought this up because I well, when you said you kind of hinted at what your confession was going to be, and I thought it was going to go in a different direction, but now that we've opened the mom flood gates there's like so much there. oh there's so <laughs> because, much there like i love my mom and i think she did her best but like it is <laughs> that's what you say before you eviscerate no, your no, no, mother no, no. i love her i think she listens to this but i have to say that because a lot of um what i talk about in therapy because when i first started going she really didn't like it and she really was against it because i think she thought i was going to talk about her which she was correct I was. <laughs> yeah but the thing is it's not about her it's about me right it's about me working through my issues so yes. i can move on so when I talk about the past now, it's not a way to be like, this is who she is now. It's just a way to be like, okay, it, it helps unpack what happened. 
Uh, and then I also recognize we're working on a relationship now and I will say that it's gotten a lot better. So, but I also don't think that should silence anyone from talking about the past, you know? Yes. So, yeah. So I'm totally with you. I mean, the piano was such a, like a pressure point for me and I have a twin sister and she is a musician now. So we took it differently. Like she practiced and kept going and loved it. And I hated it so much, even though my mom used to say, I have a distinct memory. She goes, you are better at, um, she said that in Chinese, but she said, you're better at playing with feeling. It's called ganjue. She's uh-huh. like, you ganjue, uh, but uh, you don't want to practice. So for so long in my head, I was Ooh. like, I just believed I had better potential, but I was squandering it, which made me hate it more. Cause I was yeah. like, why don't I like this thing that I'm being told I'm good at? Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, it's so, there's the messages we get as children. They are, they go so deep. Yeah. They go so deep. And then, we have to we have to figure it out later. <laughs> but what did you okay, what uh who did you idolize pop stars wise? Like what made you want to be a pop star specifically? I idolized Ashley Simpson. Okay. Hillary Duff. Ever okay. heard of her? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I literally just like wanted to be Hillary Duff. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, famous guitarist, Hillary Duff. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I didn't really want to play the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted the double life. I I know I just I, I didn't want the guitar at all. The guitar yeah. was just like an accessory. It was like um I guess it was like going to Mike's. Although honestly, and here's the fucking beauty, <laughs> baby. Here's the beauty. I fucking love going to Mike's. You do. You go to the I most Mike's out of every any LA comedian I know. Oh my god, I'll I'll wear that crown, that paper, <laughs> that paper Burger King crown yeah, with pride. It's a great um but yeah, it's like if you really love the thing you're doing, then the thing about the, about it that is work won't feel like work. Right. So I didn't love it. So it felt like playing the guitar was like this like insurance policy of like sure. You want to? You don't want to give a record label any reason to say no to you. So mm. you got it. Do you want? Do you want this thing, Jared? Do you want the stream? And I was like, Yeah. Aww. And they're like, Well, then play this guitar. And it was like, oh, Fine. Didn't try to get you any other instruments or anything. Like, no, it doesn't have I, to be guitar. No, because it it's like it, what other instrument would it really have been to sing with? It could have been right. a piano, but like that seemed like even harder and like more and like not. The kind of music I was singing lend it, lent, like was lending itself to guitar. Um, so you recorded music in a studio? Yeah. With in uh, Williamsburg. Wow. Before it was cool. Were to be you in writing your own songs? Yeah. Oh, and wow. I, 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 I will play. Oh my god! A song, I would love maybe to hear two, one. Um, for you here. I would love to. Wait. To, okay. Yeah. Should we do it now? Do you want to do it now? Sure. Let's okay. let's get a taste. So. Uh, oh god, this is. I'm so excited. This is great. This is really good. Okay. Did so, you go by pseudo name? No, no, I just went by Jared Goldstein. (laughs) Teen pop sensation Jared Goldstein. I love it. Um, and just yes, just while getting ready for this, I'm I'm holding my iPhone a (laughs) hundred and I'm thinking like, there's no way my music is on this. Oh my god. So I go to I my Apple music and Is it on iTunes? It might have been. Oh no! Well, no, no, oh, no, no, oh, no, 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 no! It's no, on no. your phone. Phone. Yeah, you just just in my oh, yeah, iTunes library. library. Wow! So I type into my phone my name, and wouldn't you know, every last fucking song <gasps> is just on my phone oh, my at God. any moment. How many moment. songs are there? Okay, how many are there? There's six. Wow! Five of them are original, and the sixth one is a cover of "When a Man Loves a Woman." Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> which I recorded for a radio contest for wow. Z100 that I did not win. That is so funny. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. There's, okay. Let me go through the song titles because okay, I haven't yes. thought about this. So I don't know like which one I want to play. Okay. So there's, I'm good. Uh huh. <laughs> wake me up. <laughs> Wait, wake me up sounds like an Evanescence. Song. Isn't that the, oh, wake sure. me up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Song. Um, bored. Uh-huh. Where are you going? <laughs> oh, Right or Wrong is not an original song. That was a song that actually was featured on the hit WB show, Felicity. Ooh. Um, who in, everyone told me I should watch because her character is from Palo Alto and goes to is that where you're NYU. From? Yeah. No way. You're Felicity. I know. You should watch Felicity. It's so good. She, it's a teen she wants drama. She was a screenwriter too or something and that's what mm, I studied in NYU. No, oh, maybe not. No. Okay. I'm but wrong. she does she's a she's she's pre-med but then she drops pre-med to do art 
Um, But then she drops art and goes back to pre-med and becomes a med. Um, But it's such a good show. It's like a teen soap. Yeah. But it was created, written, et cetera, by J.J. Abrams. Yes, that's right. Um, We've talked about this. Ron Howard. Maybe we haven't. I thought we did. Brian, what's his name? Like the, the oh, guys. Oh, you know who told me this? Eli was telling me this. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Oh, of course he was. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, like, yeah, just every good project. At Arrested Development people were involved. It was like all I the best I gotta watch it. People. I did not like the name Felicity, and that really turned me away. And I think I was a little too young to, like, watch Teen Soaps at the time. Yeah. So I was I- way too, yeah, we were both too young. <laughs> but I watched You're Friends. You're younger than me. Uh, nah, I don't, I think we're, like, the same age. But oh, my, okay. my, um, my... My babysitter would watch Friends, so I watched that and I liked it. And somehow that wasn't too old for me. Um, <laughs> but the idea of like Felic, like I don't know, something didn't click. Yeah, and I never watched it. Yeah, it's really good. It's really really good. Um, okay, let's hear this. Song. Okay, let's okay. hear a song. Okay, I'm gonna give you a choice. Okay. Um, okay, it's either. Oh my god. Okay, it's. I think it'll just be. I think I'm just gonna play. Wake me up. Okay, that's what I was gonna oh, say. Wait, I want to hear. I want to hear what. Okay. Wake me up. All right. Here is the world premiere. Oh my god. Of seventeen-year-old <laughs> Jared Goldstein. Uh huh. Wake me up. <laughs> that's you. No, 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 it's not you. I just wrote it and I'm singing it. It sounds really reminds me of the MySpace era. <sighs> yes. And it's got okay. a little bit of that. I, have you heard like early? It's not quite Fall Out Boy, but early Fall Out Boy, like pretty and punk. Yeah. Um, like that kind of quality to it. Like it's like a garage band. Um, sure. I'm actually sweating. I'm actually sweating. Really? I mean, that you're 17. So embarrassing. Do you still feel cringy connected? Like, do you still feel connected to like that? No, because be, here's why. Here's why I feel so cringy. And a cool thing about it, though, is that there is... In almost every song, there is some allusion to being closeted. Mm. And that was so much of that experience. Were you out to yourself at the time? Yes. I knew that I was gay, but I wasn't out. Um, And it, it was after... When, when I was a when I was a kid, I was a child actor. Mm-hmm. I w- I sang doing theater, mm-hmm. and that it was really great. I was on Broadway. It was a dream. It was incredible. Yeah. And then my voice changed, and no one hired me again, and it was terrible. Mm. And then in that time, that's when I decided to do this <laughs> because I was like, no one's hiring me to sing, so let me do my own singing and my own writing and make my own project and right. be a international sex symbol pop star oh my God. at the age of 17 um so everything about the whole experience was just so steeped in my failure as a singer and as like a as like a theater person uh-huh. um a complete like loss of my identity just yeah. as someone because it was through puberty and like not only was i going through puberty but like i also i didn't just like lose my like my my person at my person in my childhood i also lost my income like mm-hmm. i was like i was a professional and that was Which i thought crazy I w- as a child to have a sense of that because like it, was it should all full, be extra at that yeah. point yeah but they're putting once they put value on you through your work then you're you start seeing the world that way oh yeah totally and i loved it so much and i thought that i would do it forever mm-hmm. um and and then I did this and it was so frustrating because like, I, I knew that I wasn't singing well as well as I was able to. And that was embarrassing. And then I'm writing these songs and they're supposed to be about girls, but I'm gay and I haven't told anyone. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm supposed to like, and then especially when you're trying to, trying to do this, like if you're trying to do pop music, yeah. like so much of it is sex and right. image. And it's like, you know, it's not, it's not even about music and the lyrics like not even about that yeah um so to try to like 
hodgepodge together some sort of like image. It just seemed like the worst time. I was like, my image is acne, fear, and like sadness, Aww. and like gay porn that I can't show anyone. Aww. Like that's my image. So what do you want to sell that? <laughs> like what can you do with that? You know what I mean? I feel like, yeah, it was a different time, but I feel like now if you were a teen and you were like singing about that, like that would hit so hard if you were oh, just singing right? about like yeah so, like fighting the, the stereotypes and have a deal like it's authentic and yeah genuine. yeah and there 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 probably was a way out of it like and by out i mean like through and like sure. to use it for but my it's benefit not, you didn't feel connected to it i mean it feels like it's like um when you're trying to be like it's a surface thing when you're trying to be like something you see yeah because you're like oh this is what pop stars are supposed to be like so i'll, I'll like sound I'll, like i'll make a thing that sounds like this yeah but you're yeah not, it's not coming from the heart or yeah you know Ugh, the whole <laughs> thing just gives me the damn willies oh <laughs> well i mean it's yeah it really does seem like it's connected to that part of your life too which yeah i'm sure it can it was a t- difficult time Oh, yeah. And then, like, my parents were just always upset with me and disappointed. And I was just, like, I didn't know who I was anymore. Were they stage parents? Like, they were pushing you into the spotlight? No, no, they weren't. It, but they um, they were just, they were New York people, is what yes, I'll okay. say. So they want, once you're doing it, they want you to succeed. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's never just about doing it for the experience. Yes. Yeah. They are, there's a, there's a, a, a machismo mm-hmm. and like a thirst for victory yeah. and like a romance of violence, you know, yeah, that yeah. comes with like New York with like Brooklyn, Queens, Italians, Jews kind of get wrapped up in it. Uh Um, and, and yeah, and it was just all of that. And when it started to go and it was bad, they like couldn't handle it. They were like, Uh well, you're failing. Why are you failing? They were like embarrassed as adults, even though they should have just been supportive because they're adults. Yeah. Yeah. So I always have envied, um, kids who like sometimes you see the really like the worst dancer in the class or whatever those kids who you then you see oh they're so loved by their mom and their mom just like doesn't care i'm like i used to always envy them because it's like they it doesn't matter to them they're just there to do it and then their parents are happy that they're on stage and blah 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 yeah and my mom was never a stage mom but she picked me apart in different ways um so she was always like i don't think she thought she was a stage mom but she would do things like i'd get off stage and be like Oh, you could be bigger, but then, but then I, but she was never the one trying to get me to stuff. I was always the one who was like, I want to dance. I want to do this. Um, But then she was just critical. She wasn't a stage mom. She was a tiger mom. I think so. That's my, that was my, she wasn't a full tiger mom. It's weird because I think she was just, um, her mom, my grandma was a perfectionist. So I think that's where she picked it up. I think she tried to fight that. And that's why she tried like in her mind, I think she was trying to like being very supportive in relativity, but all I wanted was just her to be like, great job like i'm like yeah. i don't need like you're not the judge like yeah i'm gonna find out how i did when i get off stage and when i get the results totally. so like the mom is supposed to just be there to be like great job honey um yeah so that's what always bugged me is like the first thing that came out was always like oh you should do this i'm like yeah I've, it's too late like yeah i just got off stage that's yeah that's not gonna make me feel better i've had good conversations maybe i, I hope that you have too with your mom about some of this yeah like where i remember specifically after a certain commercial audition when i was this is before before trying to be a pop star Mm -hmm. when i was just a child actor um i would audition for commercials all the time yeah and i would never 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 get not even a call back and it just like that was just like a thing i was just like uh, it it was almost like the guitar it was like i'm an actor i'm a singer and i'm like getting to do theater i'm loving it it's a joy it's a thrill also i have to audition for like an oreos commercial and i'll never get it but that's it's whatever. It means I get to do this thing I love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and after like one audition, I remember I went to it thinking like, okay, this one, this time, this one I'm going to try. I'm going to just do it exactly how I want it because I'm not getting them. So right. I'm trying to do it the way they want me to do it and it's not working. So let me at least try the way I want to do it. Yeah. And then maybe, maybe that'll work. And if it doesn't work, then it wasn't working in the first place. So I went on this commercial audition and uh-huh. my inspiration, my acting inspiration was Jennifer Aniston oh on Friends. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to do this like Smuckers commercial or whatever, <laughs> how Jennifer Aniston on Friends as Rachel Green would do Aww. it. And that was like exciting to me. And I went and I did it and I had so much fun and I left. And then, and, and then, my, and then mom, she was like, how'd it go? And I was like, uh, and then we sat in all this traffic to get there coming from Long Island yeah. to the city. 
And then we sat in all this traffic to go back. And then she really lost her cool and she got so mad at me. And she was like, and this was like her stage mom moment. There were a few, yeah. uh, for the most part, like when people ask me, is your mom a stage mom? I'm always like, no. Um, and she also wasn't, but she had moments. Yeah. Like anyone has moments, sure. you know what I mean? Um, but I'm still like defending. I'm still like an 11 year old no, yeah, kid. He's like, the- no, 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 no. She just got mad this one time and she'll never do it again. And you know what I mean? Like well, that that's kind of the like- part of you because your parents, when you're a kid are your source of safety. Yeah. And so when you accept that, they're, like they're, they're three dimensional people, but when you accept that they are also hurting you, it doesn't mean they're bad people. Yeah. But when you accept that you're taking away the net that they are also your safety. Exactly. And so we always defend them because we don't want to live in the reality. Yeah. And you're no also longer- building your own safety net. Well, that's, that's what you should that always that do. Not, yeah. But the problem when you, um, when I like as a kid would always justify what she, you know my mom did is because I didn't want to live in a world where I accepted that she was no longer a viable source of safety. Yeah. Because then I'm like, oh, it's, I've got nothing left, so I just keep being like, it's okay, I forgive her, so I'll just keep trying to get safety from her and then, yeah you know, oh my yeah. god i literally feel like i'm always doing that like yeah. just try and I, I, i'm on the phone with her and i'm like i can feel it i'm like holding my phone to my face and i'm like let me try and it doesn't work and i'm yeah. like why do you keep tr- stop trying stop yeah. trying but after this thing she lost her cool she got really upset and she was like i'm i, I can't drive i can't sit in hours of traffic for you to for you to leave the audition for me to go how to go and for you to go uh and at the time I understood that and I sort of do. And I was telling her that as an adult yeah. recently. And then she was like, no, 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 no. Like you were a kid. I was the adult. Like I, I'm, we're always wrong. Right. You were the kid. And I was like, oh my God. It like really Aww. was like, yeah, it was such a beautiful moment with my mom where I was like, oh fuck, you're great. <laughs> you know? No, that's true. And that gave me chills because I think that's what something my therapist told me. But she's like, every time I would talk about my mom and try to justify, she's like, no, she, you have to remember, like, you not an adult talking to her. Yeah. Just, like, imagine what it looked like for your mom. Like, and, you know, maybe she talking had a frustrating day or whatever. But you're literally kid, talking like down because they're below like you because they're, they're five, adult. four like, feet tall. Yeah. You know? You're literally supposed to teach them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so crazy, but we all do it. Like we, you know, we fall into our own heads and we want to like, we want the best for whatever. I don't have kids, but I, I could totally see myself doing that too. And that's why I'm trying to do the work now before I get there. But yeah, it's hard. It's yeah, but it's, and it's hurtful, but it's good to, oh, well, if you need a moment. Yeah, maybe <laughs> it's just hurtful. a little moment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's 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 it. I feel you know. I understand. Um, because I I've had moments like that where my mom has been like, like when I've looked back and talked about it, and it feels like I'm that child again. In the same way, like I'll just start crying because it's like, yeah, I didn't get what I needed at the time, and I'll never will. But <laughs> and that's okay, right? Because yeah. I think as an adult, and that's yeah. why we do comedy. And we and actually, this goes back to what I was saying about um, processing the pain and then finding the funny and relieving the tension. Because you're never going to be able to go back and rewrite the moment. You're not going to get that no matter how much you want it. And that's where the crying part comes in. But then when you accept it and you're like, hold on, I can give myself what I need. I can give myself the permission to, you know, do stuff I want or not do it or whatever. And it's okay if my mom doesn't come on board. Yeah. And as an adult, you get to do that. And that's cool. Totally. Whenever I think about myself as a kid. Yeah. Physically physically like yeah. being small it oh it just it makes everything click sure and then i just like this i get this rush of like compassion mm-hmm. for someone who really needed it you know yes. and that's that's what that's what makes me feel so many feelings <laughs> well, i'm um, really glad you were able to share that yeah 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 um so I, I, I guess I've lost where we were. No, I mean, the, there's no place we have to be. This is a, wherever it takes us. Um, have you ever tried self-parenting or I don't know? Yeah. You, oh, yeah. That was a big, that was like a big, like with my, my first therapist who <laughs> sounds like such a crazy thing to say, you're like, <laughs> what happened to your therapist? Um, he closed <laughs> his practice. He wouldn't tell me why. Uh, after a year and a half, it was like the, I felt like my world was like collapsing um, I've never been in, in a serious relationship. So for uh-huh. me, like this, that felt like a breakup. Well, he or, quit his practice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. One, one session, it was just going so well. And I was having so, I just had so much I needed to talk out and, yeah. and sweat out, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I was doing that and it was just like, okay, well like this is messy and it's not 
immediately better, but I know it's, I'm getting better and I'm feeling better. Um, but I just like, I need this. And then after like so much time, he was like, you don't have it anymore. And I was like, what? Huh? I didn't even know that was an option. Like, why are you closing your practice? What's going on? Um, and then he wouldn't tell me why he was like, I can't tell you why he's like, I'm not dying. Nothing terrible is happening. But like, he was like, I'm sick of your shit. No. <laughs> right. He's like four weeks. And I was like, ah, oh my God. Okay. So what? it was like, it was so much. Damn. Um, but w- the work that we were doing together was a lot of uh, inner child stuff. Yes. That's what my therapist Which when he me. first said it, I w- it was like, Ugh. like I, I felt know. so grossed out by that. <laughs> but then by, but once we got into what that really meant, it was like, oh my God, like that's. That's all I ever want to do is like make sure I can (laughs) check in and access my inner child all the time. Yeah. When I catch myself wanting to throw tantrums, like I I don't really throw tantrums as an adult, but I slip into that and it comes out as anxiety or panic attacks. Um, When I feel like I'm losing control, I I check in with my inner child. And that's as a kid, I would just have these like freak outs. And now I know as an adult, I was having a freak out because I didn't know where to go. Like I wasn't getting what I needed for my parents. Um, so I'd like have these freak outs and then they would get mad and then I would freak out more. Cause I was like, yeah. where do I go from here? Now as an adult, when I have those, I'm just like, Teresa, it's going to be okay. And I talk to myself and it, it, it's like, it's so <laughs> yeah. crazy sounding, but it totally works. Oh, yeah. And then you're just like, okay, cool. That's what I wanted. I just wanted someone to like pat me and hug me. And yeah. Like, do you ever just imagine yourself hugging yourself? Yes. And I do so that dumb. all the time. <laughs> like now, just putting my chin. Yes onto my shoulder uh-huh. and just breathing with my eyes closed. And then just that helps me so much. Well, I have a little like pu- sinking puppy into- now and he, I hold him and he definitely helps. Like he's like a, an oh, emotional support animal. Whoosh. But I feel like we've definitely like synced up because sometimes even like when I see, like it'll be like the other way around. If he seems sad, I'll like feel sad or whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, it's definitely like just having someone you bond with who you trust. Yeah, who should you? You should always be that person for yourself, and you always have that capability. Anyone who's listening, should I get a cat? If you want, <laughs> they're not notorious for loving though cats. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know about that. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I'm really like grateful that you shared that story. It was an oh, open thanks. Up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm glad that you said that. What you said about about teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to end with the game. Are you okay. up for it? <laughs> yeah. To switch a little gears and end on a high note. Let's do it. Um, I wrote this game based on um, before I heard your story, so I didn't know all of this, but I did know that you were a child or you acted as a child. Yes. So this game is about um, child actors. Oh, um, fun. Yeah, and it's a it's a positive one. So I know a lot of times people think about child actors because the media always covers like the train wrecks and the breakdowns, and you know that's very sad because honestly, it is like we're discussing not their fault. Yeah. But we blame the kids. So <laughs> <laughs> for some reason. Um, so instead of sh- talking about disaster stories, I wanted to talk about the success stories. Well-adjusted child stars who grew up and, you know, were able to just have a cool life uh, outside of Hollywood. So I just want to shine a little light on those little lights that grew up and shine bright. This is a really bad sentence that I wrote. And <laughs> I wanted to bail as soon as I started reading it. <laughs> okay. So how this game will work is just a couple of questions. I'll, um, they're all about a child star and it's multiple choice. Um, okay. And it's just about where they ended up going and something successful they did after they acted okay. as a kid. And you just have to guess the answer. Multiple choice. And there's a right answer. There is a right answer. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you'll catch on. So here's the first one. Uh, do you remember Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World? I do. Okay, so he was a child star, um, and he grew up and doesn't really act that much now. He found success in his adult life doing, A, uh, he teaching at Columbia and also wrote a grant. Sorry, I read this word. He, <laughs> he's found success in his life and is now, A, teaching at Columbia and wrote a Grammy Award-winning song, B, Host a podcast about literature and produce a commercial for President Obama, or C, coaches improv to big corporation and ghost wrote Hamilton the musical. <laughs> What's the oh, answer? I guess it's the first one. You said aha, like you knew something. Though. Yeah, I thought he like moved to the woods or something. That's what okay, I say. It's right? possible. He's, he lives in a cabin now or something. The answer is B. He hosts a podcast now um, about literature and. Also, produce a p- commercial for President Obama or wow. you know, former President Obama. Yeah, very exciting. Um, I want to find... What is this podcast called? I just lost it. It was right here. Oh, it's called Literary Disco. And it's also a blog. So check that out. Go for him. 
Um, all right. Number two. Did you ever? I watch love that your idea of a game <laughs> is taking a test. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> just a fun little trivia. <laughs> we'll just do some school. <laughs> oh, I love school. Asian, oh, boy. Asian, Asian. We are Asian. Um, <laughs> also, you could learn something new. You know, it's like yeah, teaching. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you remember the movie The Sandlot? I love the movie The Sandlot. Okay, good. Love Actually, it. I've never seen it. Um, I always think of the Little Rascals. But, anyways. This is about a kid from the Sandlot. So you might remember Mike Vitar. He played the Jet Rodriguez. Was he the hot one, which is so inappropriate to say because um, he was 12. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they're all cute. Um, what is he doing now? A, is he an L.A. firefighter for the last 10 years? B, is he an L.A. US, uh, sorry, LA school district superintendent for the last 10 years? Is he C, Spending his day putting quarters in people's parking meters that have run out out of sheer goodwill. I'm going to say he definitely grew up to be so hot. So firefighter. Ding, ding, ding. You're correct. Yes. Yeah. Are there pictures of him He's fighting been, fire? Uh, There may be, but I have. Uh, let's see. Let me tell find me his name photo. again. Um, Here he is. Yeah. That's oh, him. He's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> you got so excited. That kid? Yes. <laughs> okay, she just showed me him now, and then she showed me him then. <laughs> the him, you got, if Look you guys could have seen Jared's Can you look face. At him then? Yeah, yeah. If you guys could have seen Jared's face when I showed the the now as a firefighter, he's like, I literally saw the light disappear from your eyes. You were like, yeah. Oh. oh. He's not ugly, but he's, I can see what he's, yeah. the picture's not the most flattering picture. He was. In that movie, he's just he's so like handsome. <coughs> he well, kind of looked it. like, like the dog. <laughs> you know who's the, who's the dog that everyone thinks was hot? The the cartoon the dog. Uh, Maybe Tramp or really? the one from, like, uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, I don't remember everyone thinking a dog was hot. There's a cartoon dog a that the internet up. says was hot in the '90s, and he that's huh. who he looks like. That but, is so funny. Interesting. I'll yeah. have to look that up. Yeah. I remember Nala was hot. Everyone thought Nala was hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Nobody disagrees with that. <laughs> okay. I'm also just remembering a very funny joke about Nala. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that Jace Avery tells, oh, actually. Okay. Um, where he, he, said, he asked his friend... Who's your? Who do you think is the hottest Disney princess? And his friend said Nala. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's a fox. Uh, okay, or a lion. Number three, Danica McKellar, who played Winnie Cooper in The Wonder Years, grew up to A, become an activist and co-authored the net neutrality bill. Oh, wow. B, become a mathematician and wrote a book called Math Doesn't Suck. Or C, become a software engineer and designed the hot dog Snapchat filter. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, because I, I know she grew up to be really smart. Those are all smart. So sure, I don't know. Yeah. I, C's, I think C is always your little fun one. <laughs> she throws in a little I'm glad fun you caught one. On. Um, Sometimes they're more ridiculous. I'll say B. B, final answer. You're correct. She's Yay! a mathematician. Yeah, she's yeah, like a I think I did mathematician know that. and has um, been like awarded awards in like the Journal of Physics and has an award winning book called Math Doesn't Suck for Kids. Pretty cool. Yeah. Final one. Okay, number four. So you're doing pretty good. Peter Ostrom played Charlie Bucket in the original Willy Wonka. The one that doesn't have the creepy Johnny Depp. Uh, yes. Weird, <laughs> weird, weird pedophile vibes. Um, okay, what is he doing now? A, he's a veterinar veterinarian in upstate New York. B, he's a senior physical therapist in Northern California. Or C, he collects herbs for an underwater witch coven in the Great Barrier Reef. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to decide if this is does he seem like East Coast or West Coast? Mm, <laughs> That's yeah, what okay, I'm where trying is to figure Charlie out. Bucket? Where did the golden ticket take him? I'm gonna say East Coast. So the New York one. A veterinarian upstate New York. You're correct. Good <gasps> job. And that was the first and only movie he ever did. He was discovered in like a regional theater wow, play. Decided really? it wasn't for him. He turned down a three picture deal with the studio. 
And uh, maybe that's why they never made more of the movies with him. But then he's just like, apparently, according... In this moment, I sympathize with my stage parent parents. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> I'm like, just do it, kid. Yeah, just do it. How much money? But according to this article in Business Insider, um, where I found this information, he um, like didn't tell his... Like, for so long, kept it a secret because, you know, obviously people get weird about it. Uh -huh. um, and then eventually he told his wife. But what a funny thing to find out about. Killed his wife? Marriage. Wait, no, what? No, no, told his wife. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? No, uh, no, 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 no. But wouldn't that be just crazy if you just found out someone you are married to was like Charlie? Yeah. I mean, why? Because enough alive. time had gone by. Yeah, he's alive. He's doing well. He's a vet. I think he just doesn't care for Hollywood. That is in. Yeah. Incredible. So there you have it. Those are some success stories. Um, there's also plenty of, I don't want to shit on all child actors, plenty of success stories within Hollywood, of course. Yes. Um, but sometimes we forget to shine Even light. within West Hollywood. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Jared is uh, uh, on a Hulu special doing comedy. <laughs> yeah, keep saying Hulu. Doing a bunch of podcasts. It's not on Hulu. Is it not? No. Where is it on Amazon? <laughs> it's on, no, it's on, it's on Deku. Does it, was it never on? Was it on Hulu at some point? Hulu is coming to the stage. Who oh. also produced out on stage? Okay, it, it was like the gay offshoot. Oh, okay. Well, I thought it was going to end up on Hulu. Coming to the stage sounds like a gay offshoot. If, it does. You know it's, yeah. I mean. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, on that note, um, <laughs> thank you for coming on the podcast. On gay offshoot. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, where can people find you, Jared? Um, crying about my mom on my couch. Oh my god! Um, no, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram at Hey Jared Hey. Very funny, and uh, also, so it's not. So say it again, so people know where the special is, because I said it wrong. Oh, it's you can find it on Deku. Okay. You can also find a clip of it on Variety's website right Ooh, now. Ooh, so okay. That's probably the easiest way to find it. Yes, look yeah. him up. She's on Variety. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and you can follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod on Instagram and join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Tell Me Anything Pod. If you like that teaser story about me masturbating my car, there's more stuff like that on the Patreon. <laughs> um, so yeah, join the Patreon. Thanks for listening. Thank Goodbye. you. Bye.